What's up, y'all? It's Kavya. Welcome back to the 21st episode of Women on the Mic. Today, I'm so excited to have Maggie Malone, USA Track and Field Olympian, competing in javelin throw on the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking some time and coming on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I am excited to be here. Um, this time is pretty crazy for everyone, and I feel like, you know, especially for athletes, because a lot of them aren't competing or practicing like before this pandemic. So what kinds of things are have you been doing training-wise or just for fun to keep yourself busy? Absolutely. Um, great question. So when the pandemic first um, kind of started a few months ago, uh, my boyfriend and I, he throws javelin also. We both went to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to Auburn, Alabama to stay with his family just since everything was shut down yeah. here. Uh, and we, you know, we were training there. We were really lucky because a local gym donated their weights and stuff to us. So we were able to continue our training and just turn the garage into a, um, and just to a personal gym essentially. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, pretty fun there. And then we, we could throw still in kind of the, um, what's it called? The, the field next to their house. Like we just would go out there and throw, but I guess hobbies that we did during quarantine, um, we built a, uh, four, uh, raised bed garden bed. So built that and then had a little harvest this, this fall, which has been really fun and had a ton of um, just produce and, um, it was, it was great. Like it was nice to just, you know, turn off, um, the go, go, go switch and, and mm-hmm. be able to settle in and just continue to train and, and kind of block out what was going on and stay in our bubble. But did a lot of that and, um, did a lot of biking with their families really into biking. So we had a lot of bike rides. Yeah. <laughs> so Surprisingly, it, was, like- it was great. <laughs> I've also been getting into biking recently. I've just been like, yeah. during, we have online school, right? So for okay. our little breaks, I'd be just, you know, just going on some bike rides, getting away from the whole yeah. screen. Cause it's, it's so tiring. Like looking at, oh, I can't so imagine. Long. Yeah. Yeah. No, I cannot imagine both my parents are teachers and yeah. hearing kind of what they're going through with this new transition with online learning. I just, I have such a heart and I have a lot of just empathy for the teachers and the kids that are going through that right now and not being able to be in person. And even when you are in person, you know, not being able to give those hugs or high fives or whatever. It's like, um, that's the fun part about sport. That's the fun part about school is to be around your, your peers. So, um, I totally understand where you're coming from though. Cause that, I mean, I I have a full-time job too. So being on the screen all day is like, pulling teeth for me is so hard (laughs) yeah totally relate so I kind of want to zoom back a little bit and talk about you know how you started with sports because I'm sure as a toddler you didn't just you know pick up a javelin right off the bat you're right (laughs) Um, you know you would think that a toddler could but you know I I was the the one that did not (laughs) so I'm curious you know what was your life like growing up like how'd you get involved in sport yeah Um, so, you know, as I said, both my parents are teachers. They're also coaches. My dad played football at the university of Nebraska. Mm -hmm. My mom did track and field at Nebraska. Um, so I grew up in, in Nebraska and, um, you know, I'm really blessed because, um, my parents put me in everything. So yes, they were athletes, but I was also involved in dance and in gymnastics Mm -hmm. and then like theater and, and singing and, all that kind of stuff. And, um, so I'm really thankful that I had, I grew up in a small town, but also that my parents, you know, they never specialized me in anything, which I am such a 
advocate for. I do not think that specialization should ever happen um, until you maybe are like 17 years old. But I just feel lucky that I got to do softball and track and, and volleyball and basketball and Actually, volleyball was my my first love growing up, and really? uh, because oh yeah, girl, I uh, <laughs> I love volleyball. Actually, we're gonna go play sand volleyball here in about two hours. So <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, no, and and being from Nebraska, you know, oh yeah, I I know that I know you're a Stanford fan. <laughs> I know that you know you, y'all got it going on, but Nebraska does too. So yeah, yeah respect. <laughs> um, yeah, yep. So uh, I I definitely respect stand for volleyball but you know my heart has always been with Nebraska volleyball yeah. and wanted to play there and was lucky to know coach cook and still do know coach cook and wow. um went and was did his camp since I was really little and so mm-hmm. I actually um you know kind of going off on a tangent but I was actually a cut, recruited kind of like I would I would have been a walk-on to Nebraska but to be a libero I was an oh, outside wow. player though um and so I, I definitely have that bo- volleyball mindset and, and love. So yeah. that was my first, first love That's for sure. Awesome. And then, um, but, but the reason I got into, you know, I guess javelin, um, I was a jumper and sprinter in high school. So mm-hmm. we didn't ha- we don't have javelin in the state of Nebraska. And I didn't know what it was until I was about 19 years old, honestly. So I, um, went to every track and, and field competition growing up, but I would always do long jump or, or mm-hmm. um, the four by four, the 200 triple jump. And um, so my mom was my coach. And then my, my aunt, we call her auntie Colleen. She was a really good um, jumps coach and then taught me the jumps and Got was it. thankful won a state championship in long jump and triple jump. And, um, and then when I went to, uh, go through the recruiting process my senior year I was able to get recruited by the University of Nebraska and then ended up going there for two years but recruited as a heptathlete so um, if you're not familiar with the heptathlon it's seven events it's similar to the mm-hmm. decathlon which is what the men do um, and then javelin is one of the events in that in that um and, and that event, I guess. <laughs> and so I learned javelin my my freshman year in college and was able to um, just had the natural, I guess, throwing ability because mm-hmm. I, I would attribute it to volleyball and softball. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I've, you know, studied javelin more, I learned that volleyball players actually make really good javelin throwers um, because of the flexibility and the athleticism that they bring. And they have a semi throwing mechanic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just having that as, as a background, um, I was able to pick javelin up pretty quickly. And then uh, after, my, I'm trying to think, in the middle of my freshman year, I was uh, red-shirted as a heptathlete, and my coach took me out one day and just said, hey, if you can throw past this cone, like, we'll take your red shirt away, and I was like, okay, great, and so um, went out on, like, a Saturday or something and threw past the cone, and that that year, he was like, okay, we're going to take your red shirt off, and, and you can compete at Big Ten Championships, and um, from that point on, it kind of, you know, propelled me into my javelin career. Mm-hmm. So, uh, learning and, you know, there's been a lot of ups and downs and, and javelin is such a different sport than what I'm used to. So, yeah. um, I, I, like I said, I grew up doing all the team sports and, um, and then also, you know, did long jump. And, and so I, I don't know, javelin is so different because there's a lot of elements to being a really good javelin thrower. Mm-hmm. And 
a mindset that I've always had is, oh, I'll just work harder than everybody. Like I was never the most talented person, but Mm -hmm. I I could outwork you. That was kind of what I would pride myself on. And what I found in Javelin throughout my career is that you can't really outwork somebody in Javelin. Like you can work really, really hard, um, but you have to work really, really hard at the right things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like with Javelin, you know, you have to stay relaxed and you can't be too strong and you can't be, you know, not strong enough. Like there's so many balances in Javelin that you have to be aware of. So, you know, the strength and the, in the flexibility and then also, um, speed and, and, um, and just the technique piece. So, um, with Javelin, it's been a unique challenge, but, um, definitely thankful that God kind of set me on this journey and, um, thankful to, to, to make the Olympic team in 2016 and hopefully we'll make this next one in 2021. Yeah. I'm rooting for you. Um, you, know, yeah, you touched upon you. it. You touched <laughs> upon this, and I was gonna kind of ask you this later, but yeah. one thing I've always struggled with, and I know a lot of people struggle with, is you know comparing yourself to others. You know, saying oh, girl, maybe yes. you can't jump as high. You know, I've mm. I feel like I've experienced this with volleyball. You know, if you, I'm I'm five ten, just kind of tall, but kind of short for an outside hitter. Like yeah. your teammates being like six foot and above six three. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I've kind of always had that mindset that things like. I, I blame genetics on a lot of things or physical stuff, and I was like, you know, it, it kind of got really bad because it was, like, such a deterministic mindset, but then I started, like, you know, realizing I can control a lot of other things, you know, I can control the mental aspect of the game, and uh-huh. like you said, how hard I play, um, especially, like, well, just in general from your sports experience, like, how important is it, or how do you stay mentally strong when you have those kinds of thoughts? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, and Uh, I think that we all go through periods of that comparative mindset and Mm -hmm. um, it's taken a lot of just mental work on my side. And then also, um, you know, I've talked about this before, just like the mental um, health aspect Mm -hmm. and and sport. And um, so I have have and still have a counselor um, for two years that I worked with and really broke down the identity piece of who I was as an athlete. But then I also uh, really worked on the comparative mindset. And mm-hmm. so um, there's a lot of different ways that I think that you can do it. I <clears throat> just point blank. I do not like social media. I think social media is, um, is unhealthy. Um, and if you are not, in a good mental state or emotional state, I do not think that social media should be, should take presence in your life. And, um, I am currently at a a healthy state, but I think that fasting from social media is really good throughout a person's life. Mm -hmm. And the reason behind that is because I mean, and, and you know, there's so many podcasts and there's so many, you know, YouTube videos about this, but social media is a, highlight reel of everybody's life so you're never going to post anything on social media that you're going to be like oh my gosh like I look ugly or I'm this or whatever um it's everybody's highlight reel and so if you're continuously feeding your mind um the highlights of everybody else's life then you are naturally going to fall into a comparative mindset so Mm -hmm. for you as a volleyball player if you are seeing you know Susie over there who is six foot tall and is getting recruited to every school in the United States then yeah what does that do for you mentally and 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 it's really tough not to fall into that trap but I I you know really have worked on myself and and um you know my aunt who's also a counselor we've talked a lot about you know just really putting those blinders on and 
um, knowing your triggers. So when you are in, excuse me, it's not coronavirus, it's just allergies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but, uh, when you know your triggers, so if you're on social media, if you're talking about a certain topic with, with a friend um, and you can feel yourself going into that, like you have to be in control of uh, yourself and, and um, really getting away from that unhealthy tendency. So if that is, you know, deleting Instagram or Twitter, Facebook or mm-hmm. TikTok, whatever it is, it's like get rid of it, get yeah. rid of the trigger. And at that point, not only are you getting rid of the part that is, is, you know, leading you to these thoughts, but you also need to fill that time with how do I improve myself? How do I improve my mindset? How do I improve my mental game? And there's a lot of different things that you can feed your mind. I, I read a quote one time and it's like the mind feasts on what it focuses on. So if you're, if you're focusing on somebody else's achievements and performances, your mind is just going to feast on that. And so it's going to feast on whatever you fill your mind with. But if you can fill your mind with positivity and with, um, with, uh, just mental games or, or, or just strengthening exercises, then your mind is going to get stronger because it's feasting on those aspects. And so that's something that I've, tried to do is, um, you know, I, I definitely fast from social media and, and have gotten off for a while. And then also, you know, there's so many resources on, on YouTube of, um, you know, leadership topics and, um, and videos and, and articles that you can read. And, and so I definitely think that is something that you can, um, continue to look at versus the social media. So it's like fill your mind with the positive things yeah. in your life and surround yourself with the positive people in your life that are not toxic. And you can continue to to strengthen your mind and, and stay in your bubble at that point. Stay in your lane, stay in your bubble, turn off all the external just crap that's out there and, and focus on you and how you can be the best person that you can be. And, and there's such a line between being the best and being the best you can be. Mm-hmm. And I think something that you need to and, and people should focus on is I want to be the best that I can be. Because I can't control what everybody else does, but I can control myself and my actions. And so that's something that I've done. And then obviously, you know, I'm a Christian and I'm a believer and Mm -hmm. I am very thankful that um, for for the people in my life who have, uh, you know, really steered me uh, towards Christ. And so when I am in those low moments, because, you know, we all go through them and, and even in the high moments, I know that I am a daughter of Christ and I know that my identity is solely within who, who God says that I am. And it's not who the world says that I am. And so for, for, you know, as a Christian, that's something that I believe has helped me and really gotten me through tough times, but also is something that I'm proud of in the really high times as well. Yeah. And I think um, talking about social media and social media cleansing, someone who I really look up to, who, you know, talks about this really well. I don't know if you know her, but Victoria Garrick, she played at USC like she graduated a few years ago but she her whole like philosophy she does this thing called real post which is like you know just being yourself on social media highlighting the lows and the highs and Uh she also talked about like you know unfollowing everyone who makes you feel bad or just taking a break from social media and so she's someone who I think you know speaks about this topic and body image really well so you know totally resonated with what you said absolutely yeah and I think that there's I think we're getting smarter. I think when technology first came out, it was 
you know, it was just kind of like wild, wild west. Like we Mm -hmm. all went out there and it was like, we're going to consume everything. And it was the best thing in the world. And you can connect to everybody and you can see everybody's posts. And it's like this, this constant high and you're constantly stimulating yourself. And now we're at a point where we have seen a trend in the last 10 years where, you know, depression and anxiety have skyrocketed Mm -hmm. and it's directly linked to the existence of social media. And so obviously we're understanding that, okay, there is, there are some negative side effects to um, the consumption of social media. And, and now as we get smarter and we continue to, to figure out, again, those triggers and, those, and, and the basic needs as a human and how our brain functions, we know that fasting is great. And we know that exactly what she was doing, Victoria, you know, post the real, real images, the unfiltered, yeah, the, exactly. um, the highs and the lows. And, and when we continue to do that and show real life, I think that we're going to be able to say, okay, we're, we're at a place now where it's like, we can, we can tell the over filtered images of these girls who are trying to get attention and are, are probably self-conscious, but are posting all these crazy images versus, you know, the people who are real. And guess what? We want to be around people who are real, but mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be anybody who is heavily filtered and, and yes. all of this just kind of touch up here and touch up there. Like, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to hang out with that girl. I want to hang out with the girl that's no makeup. That is like grinding it and, and mm-hmm. ugly crying because you know, something happened. It's like, those are the people and those are the images that I want to see because that's real life. Exactly. You know, these overly filtered images are not real life. So I think, you know, we can continue just to, to sharpen ourselves and to understand when to back away and when to lean in. When are we at a healthy state that we're like, okay, I can be on this and I can look at this image and not feel triggered by anything. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, athletes are kind of spearheading this movement towards like, you know, promoting mental health and um, removing this bias. And I think, um, I think why sports is such a valuable platform is because it teaches so many like real life things. And so what are some valuable lessons you've learned from sports? Like, why do you think especially young girls should start or continue playing sports? Oh, that's a great question. And um, definitely a topic that I'm very passionate about. So there are numerous, you know, research articles talking about the benefits of sports and women Mm -hmm. and why women should be involved in athletics. And, um, number one, confidence, like sports give, gives you confidence and whether you are the best player on the team or the, the person who, who sit in the bench more, like it doesn't matter. You are a part of a team. You gain confidence from the little wins that you get to achieve every single day. You get to goal set, you Mm -hmm. get to, um, participate in, in the camaraderie with your girlfriends and, um, and, and feel that, that team, you know, just energy, so much confidence comes from, from athletics. So I'm all for that. And there are great, um, there are great clubs out there, you know, club volleyball or or whatever teams, but there's also like girls on the run and there's, um, just awesome outlets for women to get involved. Um, second thing that sports have taught me is how to overcome adversity and work, you know, the one thing that's constant in this life and, and, you know, knowing about sports is that you will face a challenge. You will face adversity of, of some sort. So, whether that's an injury or, you know, that's, you know, somebody taking your starting spot or that, um, you know, you not achieving what you feel like you can achieve. There are always obstacles in our way. And it's um, the great piece about athletics is that we now get to 
to dive into, okay, how do, how do I get out of this situation? How do I get around this obstacle? Um, and how do I get better? How do I achieve this goal when something is in my way? Mm-hmm. And so continuing to, to know that once you're on the other side of that obstacle that I did that, man, yeah. what does that give the individual? It's like, okay, if I did that, then I can do this and I can do this. Mm-hmm. It opens those doors to say like, I can overcome this. Like, yeah, this sucks. I am in a pit right now. Like this is the worst that I've ever felt, but I have done it before. I've gotten out of this before. I have overcome this thing in the past. And that shows me that I can do it again. And so again, that confidence, that, that just um, self-assurance and, and also the, the grit to be able to fight through any adversity is, is such a powerful, um, just, I guess, skill, but also characteristic that somebody can build over time through athletics. Mm -hmm. Um, and then also, you know, the diversity and the unity that comes with athletics, because the cool piece about sports is that we have people from all walks of life. Mm -hmm. We have, you know, economic inequality. We have, um, you know, the, just, you know, racial, you know, diversity, we have all of these educational, you know, er everybody from all walks of life are now on the court together or now on the runway together, whatever it is. And to me, that is so beautiful, because it's such a beautiful image of um, one God's creation, but also of how, you know, we could go through all this turmoil in the United States and really across the world right now. But sports, brings people together and and we get to cheer each other on and we get to, you know, fight with our girlfriends, like to achieve something, you know, just, you know, shoulder to shoulder going through, you know, the hard times and and working together. And and I love that piece about sport. I love the celebrating of individuals, but, and also as teams. Um, And I love that we're able to, to really just, you know, like I said, come together and, and work together and, um, you know, no matter where you come from in life, it's like, okay, the goal at this moment in, in these 60 minutes is to score as many points or to, mm-hmm. um, you know, win the match or to throw as far as you can. And I love that piece because um, it's it's just really calming and, and I don't know, it's just like the the beauty of sport and especially for women to um, not fight with women, which, you know, is sometimes what's portrayed on on TV and then mm-hmm. social media and all this stuff is like women's fight. No women can fight to with each other um, to work towards a common goal. And I love that piece as well. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good point about sports, you know, embracing unity and coming together. And I think we're seeing that right now with, you know, leagues like the NBA and the WNBA, you know, coming yeah. together, um, you know, to speak yeah. up about injustice and stand up for, you know, what's right. And I think that's super powerful and, you know, just goes to exactly what you said. So super powerful. Yeah. Um, speaking of, you know, women and women's sports, you know, I started this podcast, like I told you, because I just wanted to highlight some of the amazing women in sport and, yeah. you know, inspire others to support them and learn from them. And I, I mean, just sitting here and talking with you, I've, I've learned so much. Um, so <laughs> growing up, like who, who are some women you looked up to, whether that be in your family or, you know, mm-hmm. in athletics or education or whatnot? Yeah. Um, so growing up, my number one role model was my mom. She was, Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, an athlete herself, she's in the hall of fame at the university of Nebraska. She is wow. like power woman. Uh, she achieved so much and there's many stories of her. I think 
My favorite story of her is that when she was in high school, she broke her leg while running the four by one relay and still finished and won the race. Like she is a just total badass. Um, And I think for me, what I learned from my mom is that women can achieve anything that they put their mind to. And that's something that I feel like not a lot of girls, young girls and women are taught in um, a lot of times, you know, what we're taught is, you know, sit back, don't say too much, you know, be pretty. You're supposed to be the pretty one, you know, and, and that's what you should focus on. But in my household and with my mom, it, she really empowered not only myself, but also the girls that I grew up with and the teammates that I had to, yeah. to say, no, there's, there's no box around me. There's no boundary around, you know, what I can do in this life. And, and there's no, you know, there's no stereotype that I'm going to fit into. And, um, my mom, you know, is just the most incredible woman. And, and not only did I learn from her how to be a great athlete and to, um, to goal set and to get up in the mornings and work hard and, you know, work for the money that you earn and, um, sit, you know, she taught me all of those skills, but she also taught me how to listen. And she also taught me, um, how to speak up when I feel like I need to. And, um, she also taught me to, you know, welcome every person that comes into my life and to know that each person has a story and that, you know, when, when God places people in your life that it's done for a reason and that we're going to learn something from each individual, individual that we you know get to connect with or talk to on this earth and so um she taught me a lot of lessons just not only from sports but um just life in general and is Mm -hmm. my biggest role model still today and how she approaches things and how she um you know always puts herself second and i'm so i'm very thankful for the mom that i grew up with and um and you know I, i because she was my coach in high school too you know there are many memories and uh, times that I remember being on the track with her and with my teammates and, you know, her just giving these speeches of, of whether it was, okay, guys, like that was a great meet or, Hey, I expect, a, you know, better performances. And like, mm-hmm. you no, know, that wasn't the outcome that we wanted, but we're going to continue to work hard and we're going to put our nose down and we're going to do this together. And, and it's those, um, I guess those speeches that really stick out in my head and, and, Prove to me that, like, I, you know, we can do anything that we set our minds to. And there is no limitation. And there's nobody on this earth that can say to me, Maggie, you know, I don't think you can do that. Well, guess what? I, I think I can do that. And mm-hmm. I don't think that I would have that confidence in that. Um, I don't think I would have, have that mindset if I didn't have a great coach like my mom uh, around me that continued to to invest in me in that way and pour into me and say those those. Um, just that common language all the time, because the more you hear something, the more you believe it. And so she continued to fill not only myself, but the girls that I competed with growing up with that same message. Uh, and very thankful for that. But I guess from a, I'm trying to think from growing up, man, I, like I said, I was a huge Nebraska volleyball fan. So I don't know if you know who Jordan Larson is, but she was like, yeah. yeah. So she was my girl, like she's from small town, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely looked up to her and her story and, um, and just really cool to, 
I don't know, to have a strong female that was on that level that was from Nebraska to look up to. She was somebody that I really yeah, admire. She's and she, Yeah, she's a bomb. I mean, she just is like, <laughs> I remember being at so many volleyball games and it's like that serve, the jump serve that she had. And it was just like ace after ace after <laughs> ace. I'm like, she is the goat. Yes. Um, but yeah, so her and then um, Allison Felix growing up, mm-hmm. she is, I mean, still, I look up to her now and it's like, we got to see Allison Felix grow up from, you know, from mega athlete teenager to now mega athlete and mom. And so to see how she has really owned every single part of her life and, and have, has stood up for, um, you know, gender equality and any, or sorry, gender inequality. And, um, to say like, this is wrong and, and this is how we can treat our female athletes better. And, and now also how she has talked about, you know, just being a mom and, and um, being able to balance both. And, and I just really admire her and her story and how she, you know, she's not the flashy person. Like, if you look at our sport, a lot of times our sprinters, they generally are more flashy and they have the hair done and the nails and they mm-hmm. have all this stuff, which is fine. Like, I think that that is a reflection of who the person is. Um, but what I love about Allison Felix is that she quietly does her job and she kicks yeah. ass. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, badass. She gets on the track and it's like, she doesn't have anything flashy on. She has her hair pulled back and she is, you know, just focused and locked in and she goes out there and she kicks everybody's butt and she gets done and she's got that smile on her face and it's like, okay, the job is done. And now I go back to being a mom and I do this. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I love that. And I so admire that in somebody who doesn't have to be like, look at me, look at me, look at me. It's like, no, I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to compete. I'm going to win. And then I'm going to quietly, you know, go back to my other rules in life. But she was definitely somebody. And then also, I mean, if you women that I would say those, but other people, I mean, Kobe mm-hmm. was like the mindset. Like I said, I had that I'm going to outwork you mindset, yeah. but that definitely came from Kobe. And um, I remember having just posters up at the school or in lockers and stuff of Kobe. And I am. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's something that has carried with me as well. But yeah, I've been lucky to have great female athletes around me and, um, and also great female coaches in high school that empowered me to succeed in the areas that I wanted to. Yeah all like such amazing role models um Mm. before I finish off with the last question I just want to thank you once again for taking the time talking to me this was such an awesome conversation yeah I appreciate it and like I said I think that this is important and um I hope that you have not only you know female listeners but I hope you have male listeners as well because um what we know about just gender equality and gender equality in sports is that we also need to have male advocates. Mm -hmm. And so to have males, um, come alongside us and, and voice the needs and, and, um, show those inequalities that we continue to see in sports. Like we need both parties. We need everybody to get involved and use their voice and use their platform. So I think this is a beautiful, um, just medium that you have created for, for women to voice their opinions and, um, I can only imagine the success and the conversations that you're going to have in the future. So I, I am thankful <laughs> to be talking to you as well. 
Um, so the last question, I ask every single person I interview this, so it's pretty cool to, like, end on this one. But I bet. You, you've kind of touched on it a little bit here and there, but what's what do you think is, you know, the most important thing we teach young women today? It's kind of a big one, but... That's a great question. The most important thing we teach young women. Um, I think... Oh, man, there's so many. I think the most important thing that we should teach young women today is that there are no boundaries mm-hmm. um, and that there is no box that you should try to fit into. Um, and I think that where we gain happiness and where we um, grow in this life is as that we continue to create our own box and our own role. We, yeah. we figure out, you know, this is a, this is something that I love and this is something that I want to do. And this is something I want to pursue and that nobody can tell me that I can't Mm -hmm. like, if I put my mind to, and if I work hard and if I have a passion for it, there's no, there's no line that you can't cross if if that makes sense. And Mm -hmm. I I think that that's something that I want to continue to talk, talk with young girls about too, which is no, you can do these things. And, and yeah, it's going to be hard and it's probably not going to be easy, but if you have a passion for it and you like it and you want to, you want to pursue this, do it, do it. And don't be afraid to break the mold. It's okay to do that. We need more women to break the mold um, because we're still continuing to fight that women are supposed to be quiet and look pretty and, you know, have the admin jobs instead of the executive and president roles. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that I'm really passionate about is that we need to continue to see women in these powerful positions and we need to have women continue to fight for those powerful positions. Um, and, and then as they reach it, it's like they continue to extend the hand to the next woman that comes up and says, um, no, you can do it too. Like, don't let anybody tell you that you can't. And so that's just something that I, will teach if I someday have a daughter I will teach my daughter but I also hope that you know when I have conversations with women that they continue to hear that as well I'd be interested to hear what are some of the answers that you've had yeah I think one of the common ones is not to place limits on yourself um yeah you know the to just you know be confident I think is a really common one yeah um trying to think but you know it's all all kind of like the gist of not limiting yourself um not you know fault trying to um trying to like embrace yourself, be yourself. That's another common one people say, but you know, all super powerful ones. And I think what I'm going to do is, you know, compile all of those and then you yeah. know, post it. And I think it'll be really powerful. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I would, I'm going to pair this with one other because this is, I went back and forth. So my, my second thing that I would say too, is um, that women help other women. And I think that that's something that we're not taught a lot of times. I think like I touched on this earlier, a lot of times we see women fighting with each other on television or on, um, you know, in YouTube or whatever it is. It's like that women are competitors. And I want to continue to express that women help other women Mm -hmm. and we uplift other women. We do not tear down other women. We do not tear down what they look like, what they sound like, what they are pursuing. We uplift them. We encourage and we, um, the only way that we can advance 
is by helping each other. And so that is something that's very important to me as well, is that we root on, we root for, and we, we encourage other people um, and other women to pursue their dreams and we do not tear that down. And so that's something that's very important to me as well. You know, that's not, it's not, we're not all fighting for the same piece of the pie. All right. Like what you do in your life is going to be different than what I do in my life. And even if we're trying to achieve the same goals, what, what you accomplish in your life does not take away from the achievements in my life. And I hope that you succeed and I hope that you, um, you know, achieve whatever you've set your mind to. And, and that's what I want more women to get to, which is we root each other on um, and we do not compare anymore. Yeah. So that, totally that would be my other that. one. Yeah. yeah. So once again, you know, thank you so much for, taking the time and talking with me today. This was so awesome. Absolutely. I am glad you reached out and yeah, if you, if you need anything or if you have any other questions, just let me know. We're rooting for you for 2021. (laughs) Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, I'll take, take many, many prayers.